It's Zotime. Welcome to the Zotime Show presented by HoopsandBrews.com. I will be your host for the day, Daniel Belts, and well, this has been some week for Lakers Nation. We've basically been in the news every single day, and sometimes three or four times per day, and it's continuing to be the ongoing saga of Anthony Davis. Will he or will he not be a member of the Los Angeles Lakers by this trade deadline, or maybe in the summer or maybe elsewhere, but man, you look at your phone and you probably get a notification every single, probably two to three hours with regards to Lakers news with reported players being in the deal, um, what the Pelicans say, what they're not saying, what the Celtics want the Pelicans to do, what other teams want the Pelicans to do, what the Lakers are trying to do, and then as of, what, two hours ago, I believe Brad Turner reported that the deal is dead, and Woj just basically piggybacked off of Brad Turner's reports, as he has all week. If you haven't followed Brad Turner yet, he's the one who's been leaking and informing the public about this entire um, Lakers and AD possible trades. You've seen other outlets come up with sources, but Brad Turner's for the most part, has been pretty much the person laying down the groundwork for all of this. And it's funny that Woj is um, kind of looking funny in the light. Um, a lot of his sources, a lot of his news hasn't really been correct this week, or he's waited for others to report it. So, I don't know, it's just kind of strange, but it is what it is. And, yeah, so about two hours ago... This deal was pronounced that it hit like an end of the road. Uh, the Lakers basically offered the entire farm, and the Pelicans still said no. Um, we will talk more about this deal later on in the episode, but unless you think Jason Tatum is a second coming of Jesus, I don't think any deal in the league can beat that unless you're offering all-stars with picks, with cap relief, which what team is going to do that right now? So, it's just funny. It's definitely hysterical that the entire league seems to kind of not want to trade with the Lakers. You saw this with the Spurs. You saw it with the Pelicans. Um, do I think we gave our best offer to Indiana? Probably not, but, I mean, that can fall into the category as well. So, teams are very reluctant to trade their all-star slash superstar to LA because they know what we can do with them. Um, where these superstars come from, besides Kawhi, who was in Pop System, but they really haven't done much of anything since Timmy left and since Timmy was on his last legs. Um, you see, like, Indiana getting rid of Paul George, couldn't do anything with them. You saw um, Sacramento get rid of DeMarcus Cousins because they couldn't do anything with them. Small market, terrible franchise at the time. Uh, the Pelicans have had CP3 and now Anthony Davis. Both try to get rid of him. Um, can't do shit with a star player. And it's going to come to a point where these small market teams, these teams trading all-stars, need to take a look at, the, at themselves in the mirror and realize, hey, 
they fucked up. They're the ones who punted on six or seven years of having a top five player in the league. Like, you look at New Orleans, and this is going to be a very heavy fuck the city of New Orleans episode. It might, this episode might be titled Fuck Nola. But you look at them. They had Chris Paul for six years. Didn't reach a conference finals. They had Anthony Davis for six, now seven years. Are not going to reach a conference finals. We have to, like... Yes, it's fun to shit on the Lakers for not trading for these players. Cool. But we need to have an honest discussion of what these teams aren't doing correctly. You look at some of the draft picks that the Pelicans have had. Terrible. You look at the DeMarcus Cousins trade and letting him walk after the Achilles. Yes, I know a lot of teams could have signed DeMarcus after an unimpressive free agency for him. But if you're the Pelicans, you traded Buddy, other picks for this guy, and you just let him walk for nothing. That looks funny to me. You draft Austin Rivers. That looks funny to me. A lot of the moves you have made looks funny to me. Solomon Hill's contract looks funny to me. You guys had Omer Oshik for a while. Looks funny to me. So at what point does, hey, we're a small market, stop running as an excuse when you look at years and years and years of terrible GMing from your front office? It's time to take accountability for you being a complete and utter failure of a franchise. You're telling me a team gets six years of CP3 or Anthony Davis and they're not making the conference finals? The Rockets did it in what? One or two years within getting Chris Paul? Um, hell, the Clippers came a game away from making it with Chris Paul. I don't even know if the Pelicans got that close with, or the Hornets at the time, with CP3. I loved the fact that Kobe was a team that eliminated them in 2011. Um, just because, for whatever reason, New Orleans has a grievance with the city of Los Angeles for God knows what. It might be just because um, I'm not a Rams fan. I don't really fuck with the Rams or Saints, but it did bring me pleasure knowing that a Los Angeles Ram player was the one who committed pass interference on the Saints DB and kind of fucked over their season when it did not get called. That brings me joy. Because you don't want to trade us Anthony Davis. Fine. Be complete assholes. But realize your basketball team is run by fucking clowns. And it will continue to be ran by clowns. They're saying that Dell Dimps already knows that he's fired at the end of the season. Cool. What's he still doing there? Find your replacement. Can't find one? Cool. It's your guys' fault he's even still there. Like, I just don't understand how you guys can completely continue to do the same thing over and over and over and over again. And then bitch at the league for unfairness. Blah, blah, blah. You guys just fucking suck. And there's no other way around that. And like I said, this is going to be a fuck New Orleans, as uh, Offset's boo thing once called it. And yeah, I'm just going to go right down the line. Fuck beignets. They are highly overrated. Um, you can find better food at the fair. Funnel cakes, whatever. Throw some Nutella on anything and they're as good as beignets. Um... Mardi Gras, fuck that. Go to Oktoberfest Munich. You'll have a much better time. 
and you'll see hotter women or hotter guys if that's what you're into. Don't go down to the fucking south. French Quarter, dumbest name for a space of land I've ever heard in my fucking life. Um, when I think of French Quarter, I think of down there, I think of quarterbacks, I think of the LSU quarterback named Jamarcus Russell. Complete and utter failure once he got to the pros. So again, fuck that entire region. Uh, Alvin Gentry got his ass handed to him by Kobe for all of the years when Alvin Gentry was in Phoenix. Um, I believe it was either the 2009 or 2010 Western Conference Finals when Kobe was going crazy. Hit a shot and slapped Alvin Gentry on the ass like, yeah, bitch, I'm still here. Uh, Dell Demps, that fucker's asking for more picks and points he averaged in the NBA. Fuck him and fuck his Spurs ties, fuck his Pops ties. Have fun doing whatever it is for the rest of your life after being a GM for the Pelicans for, I guess, eight years, nine years now. And you've let CP3 and AD go with nothing to show for it. So congrats. Congrats on a complete and utter embarrassment for yourself. Um... I believe you could probably find 50 people off the street that know basketball that could have done exactly what you did in the time you were in, in New Orleans. Which is very fucking terrible. Like, to realize, you can get 50 bozos off the street and they probably could do the same job you did in hell. Maybe even better. Which is just... Hilarious in its own right. Um, I'll never meet you, Del Dimps. I wouldn't know you if I passed you in the street. You wouldn't know me. Um, but congrats on just not getting shit done or never getting anything done. And Miss Benson, fuck you and your Saints. Uh, you ain't shit franchise with the Pelicans and outside of that one Super Bowl you got with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Drew Brees, which you guys probably lucked into getting since the Dolphins completely fucked that up with Drew Brees. Congrats on that one Super Bowl. You had a Hall of Fame quarterback who probably is as good as quarterback as a quarterback as Brady if you only look at um what he can do on the field instead of like leading a team and etc. You've seen Brady win six. You saw Breeze get one. I mean, that should make you kind of feel like shit because you guys could have had that. You guys should have multiple Super Bowls under Drew Breeze. The fact you only have one is fairly shitty because he's mostly been healthy for his entire career in New Orleans. He's probably thrown for 5,000 yards in almost all of those seasons. And yet, you couldn't field a team around him good enough to win more than one Super Bowl. Hilarious. And just poverty franchises all around. And like, again, this Pelicans basketball franchise, we're even... We're being generous when we call it a basketball franchise. You guys have squandered CP3 and now Anthony Davis. You guys had what? David West, Pedro Stoyakovich, Amika Okafor with Chris Paul. Who else did you guys give him? Um... Shit, drawing blanks. With AD, you gave him DeMarcus, which was probably a cool move if you guys re-signed him and he doesn't tear his Achilles, but you guys didn't re-sign him and he tore his Achilles, and now he's going to win a ring with the Warriors. It's going to go from probably one of the worst-ran basketball franchises in the league to 
top five. And let's see, you guys lost Buddy Heald, who for the last month and a half has been the Sacramento Kings' best player. Um, you guys gave him the rights to, I believe, the 10th pick. And then they traded that to turn it into Harry Giles and Justin Jackson, who would probably be getting heavy minutes on your team right now. Um, let's see. You guys got rid of... Fuck, who did you guys get rid of? Oh, first of all, fuck you guys for the whole CP3 veto LA shit in the first place, which was all David Stern's doing, but... Like, I don't understand how... Like, that'd be like saying the Orlando Magic... I mean, you can't use the Orlando Magic because they went to a finals with both Dwight and Shaq. Um, hell, even the Sacramento Kings have made a conference finals. Um, trying to think of just poverty franchises that made the conference finals. Even the Suns made the conference finals with um, Steve Nash. The only comparable franchise to you, the Clippers, which, yikes. Um, the Nets made the finals with Kidd. I'm trying to look at other below average. I mean, I guess the Knicks since the 90s, but is that really who you want to be compared to? The Knicks and the Clippers? And you're a small market team and compared to two big markets like those? So, I don't know, man. You guys are looking very funny in the light, and it sucks that you guys have been gifted two of the greatest basketball players to ever lace them up and... Just squander that opportunity. Um, it's basically like giving keys to a fucking brand new castle and you lose it within a month to flooding. And this is one of the greatest built castles in the world and you guys just completely neglect all the warnings on how to prevent flooding. And you guys just say, well... It's their fault they put us here. Bitch, shut the fuck up and do your job. You guys are a bunch of lame-ass pussies, man. All of you. All of you fucking Pelican fans. All of the checkmark Pelican fans, too. Oh, if LeVar didn't say this, sh shut the fuck up. More people watch Ball in the Family than they do your fucking terrible fucking basketball team. You know how sad that is? That more people will willingly watch LeVar do LeVar type shit instead of watch Anthony Davis play basketball you guys should be ashamed of yourselves you guys should be stripped of a basketball team send it to Seattle and have them restart something because the city of New Orleans does not deserve a basketball team and I will take that to the bank yes I'm talking as a spurned Laker fan I get it but just revisit what I said more people watch Ball in the Family that include a high school basketball player, Lonzo and his baby mama, and Jello, the guy that's known for stealing glasses in China. More people watch that than the Unibrow, who is a top five MVP candidate when healthy, fully healthy. That's wild, right? Like, that doesn't make sense. That's how pathetic your fan base is. That's how pathetic your market is. That's how pathetic of a job that you've done with marketing either A, your team with either success or etc. 
and your superstars. I don't even believe Anthony Davis was voted in as an all-star. You put him in LA, yeah, he instantly a all-star starter. Hell, Kuzma and Lonzo almost were all-star starters in the fan vote. That's crazy. And I normally don't take this many shots at poverty franchises, but I'm tired of you guys, man. I'm just... Damn. I'm glad Nick Saban left your guys' asses, too. I'm taking shots at the entire state of Louisiana. Fuck you guys. Nick Saban, I believe, left LSU, went to Bama, and then... Boom. You guys are stuck with, what, less miles for ages? Didn't really pan out the way you wanted to. Now you guys got Ed Orgeron, the dude can't, that can't really speak, and boom. It is what it is. Fuck you, fuck your state, fuck your city. Fuck all of that shit. And, yeah... I can't believe we're two days away from the trade deadline already ending, and for as much talk that's been going on, no deals have been made official yet. The Los Angeles Lakers offered the whole damn team today. We offered Kuzma, Hart, Lonzo, Ingram, Zubak, um, yeah, Kuzma, Hart, Lonzo, Ingram, Zubak, KCP, two first-rounders, and... I think two second rounders. That's a ton. It's reported that the Pelicans want four to six or four first round picks and then two to four second round picks. That is a ton. But what we offered, we offered five young players, two first rounders and second rounders, also while taking on Solomon Hill, who makes what, 12 to 13 million per year to not even play? We're giving you salary cap relief. We're giving you picks. We're giving you promising young players for a guy that already has made his intention known that he wants to at least be one of the four teams to be one of the he, four. Blah, 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 blah. One of his four options is to sign with the Los Angeles Lakers in 2020. So he already wants to come here. You'd be doing a favor to. One of your best players in franchise's history to kind of say accept where he wants to go. The Lakers have done this before. The Lakers have traded players to their preferred destination. Look at Lamar Odom. What happened after the veto trade? Yes, feelings were hurt. But what did the Lakers do after that happened? Lamar, where do you want to go? Boom. Lou Will, we're going to trade you for a pick. Where do you want to go? Boom. Shaq, we're not going to pay you. Where do you want to go? Miami. There you go. The Lakers, while they do make trades, they do, at times, I guess, don't show the loyalty you want. They will trade you to a destination that you want to go to. We're not assholes. We take care of players that contribute to our franchises. Um, you look at the Lakers taking care of Ronnie Turioff's heart surgery. Um, you look at the Lakers being there through Lamar Odom's, all of his um, roller coaster saga that he's gone through. The Lakers have been there. They've opened their doors. 
Who works for the Lakers? Luke. Magic. Who does television hosting shit? James. Fisher. Etc. The Lakers take care of their players. They show loyalty to their players. If you want to leave, leave. But we'll make sure you get to where you want to go. If you don't want to play for us, fine. We'll renounce your um, restricted free agency, which we did with Julius. So it is just crazy what the Lakers are willing to do and why you see they're a world-class franchise and the Pelicans will not. The Lakers offered them their godfather deal and the Pelicans said, basically, we don't give a damn what AD wants. We're not trading with you. You can offer the entire world. We're going to be stubborn and wait for Boston in the summer, which I will talk about Boston's offer later on in the episode. It's not as great as you think it is. So again, the Lakers are doing everything they can to get this deal to happen. I didn't think Magic would offer that much. I can't believe he offered that much. But it just goes to show how much Magic is willing to do to get this done, whether that's right or wrong. I'm not here to criticize him for offering it all because his plan the entire time was, what, a two-superstar, two-all-star um, tandem, and that's what he's going for, and then he won't want to add another in the summer, so... I can't speak on what Magic's trying to do because we see it. And like a lot of Laker fans understand what he's trying to do, what he's willing to give up. And it should show the rest of the league. If the Lakers are willing to give up that, who else is going to match that? Who else can match that? You go down the list. Yes, he's interested in other teams, but a lot of these other contracts become contracts that can opt out or will be needing to get paid this summer. Are those players going to re-sign in New Orleans without Anthony Davis? You don't know. Like, it's just, it's fascinating. The Lakers were willing to meet the Pelicans on every single demand they needed. Like, taking back Solomon Hill. That is a terrible contract. Good management, Pelicans. And the Lakers were still, or the Pelicans are still saying no. Because Solomon Hill's contract doesn't expire this summer. It expires next summer. And yet, Magic was like, hey, fuck it. I'm going to get this job, this deal done. What does Dale Demps, the dumbass, do? They're saying no out of spite. To stick it to the Los Angeles Lakers as a small market team from New Orleans. They're sticking up for the little guy. And, I mean, cool, good for you, but this, this deal actually might bite you in the ass. Which, again, I will speak a lot about later. And, honestly, this is going to be a crazy fucking two days. Um, it's 2 o'clock on a Tuesday. Lakers play in an hour, and... I can't, like... I can't imagine the Lakers being completely silent at the deadline. I know there's going to be moves to be made, but... I don't know. I go back and forth whether I think this... Anthony Davis trade will be completed or not. One minute I'm saying yes, the next minute I'm saying no. It's it's crazy. I don't think I've ever flip-flopped this much. Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe with a LeBron signing where I thought it was going to be 100% happening, then I thought it wasn't. 
Um, I was more sure of Paul George becoming a Laker than I was LeBron, and ha-ha, look how that turned out. Um, yeah, so I really don't know what to think. I don't know what's correctly being reported. I don't know what's incorrectly re being reported. So, again, who knows? All I know is Laker fans should at least be happy that we went after the superstar. We made a fair offer for the superstar. Our team is doing whatever it can to improve itself. And either, and I'm going to talk a lot about the young core later, where I also believe we would be messing up our future as well. But that's neither here nor there. When you have a top five player in the league that wants out, you have to go for it. You have to make an attempt, and like Kawhi, the Lakers made an attempt. They're just working with teams that want to be stubborn, and you can't help that. You can do the best you can to present something, and unless they meet you halfway, shit's not going to get done. They don't even have to meet you halfway. The Lakers are willing to basically go 95. The Pelicans just had to fucking open the door. And they're not, they're not even counter-offering us right now, which is fucking hilarious. Also, if you haven't by now, make sure you follow Zotime Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud. Uh, follow Hoops and Brews on all the same um, platforms as well, as well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's where you can catch all of our podcasts coming out. Um, also, make sure you check out the merch section merch section at section section at hoopsandbrews.com um i'm pretty sure all of you guys know who pavi is by now he's the guy that has a lot of hot takes on twitter we have some new merch that's out there that has uh dash pavi and it's a great sweatshirt to have great shirt to have for the summer and it's just hilarious because other fan bases that don't like Pavi have started to kind of end their tweets with it to make fun of them, and some of them are hilarious, I'll admit, but it's funny that you guys seem to not care what the brand says, but actually care what the brand says, so make sure you follow that, follow along, engage with all of us on Twitter with regards to basketball. I only really care about what happens in LA, unlike 99% of basketball Twitter, like, um, Pavi and TPJ, they do a tremendous job at Hoops and Brews, they talk about every single team, but this is more about the fans of other teams that run pages for other teams, like, uh, I see a lot of Cav fans with Cav pages talking more about the Lakers and their own team, I see a lot of Celtic fans with Celtics in their shit talking more about the Lakers and their own team. I, I see a ton of it, and I'm like, when do you guys actually talk about your own teams? Because you just like to talk about what the Lakers are doing wrong. Oh, this is Raptor fans in a nutshell. They talk about their team, or not the, they talk about our team and what we're trying to do, the trades we're offering, who we're trying to sign, the results of our game, what our young core is doing a thousand times more than whatever the hell is going on in Toronto. Why that happens no idea. The Raptors are fucking awesome this year. Why are you checking on us? Every single chance you get. Laker fans really stay in our lane. Yes, we are obnoxious. Yes, we are hard to deal with. Yes, we're stubborn, we're foolish, we're idiotic at times. 
But for the most part, we only care about what happens in LA. We're not like you other bozos that stalk and talk shit about someone else's team more than you talk about your own team. I think that says something about you if that's what you do. I think it's you'd rather be miserable than happy. But that's just like what I assume. And yeah, we'll, we'll go from here. This has been a fun podcast, as you guys have probably can tell. I'm heated, but I'm also, I don't know, I'm in like a, I'm in a weird mood. I've been in a weird mood this entire time during the Anthony Davis trade where, like, it's the Lakers versus the world. And I know, and I know how idiotic that sounds coming from a franchise that's won the most titles in the modern era. Um, A team that's won the most, or been tied for the most titles since uh, this century and starting at 2000. Um, Being the last team to three-peat. Having the most number of top players in everyone's top ten. I know how weird it sounds where it's Lakers versus everybody because we just saw the Patriots embody this and there's like Patriots versus everybody when... They've now won six championships, tied for the most in the NFL. So I know it's weird when a big team like the Lakers says it's the Lakers versus everybody, but go on Twitter. It's everyone else wanting the Lakers to fail versus LA. It's teams wanting the Lakers to fail and not trading with them instead of making a smart deal for themselves. And let's get into like the nitty-gritty of this actual trade. So... The Pelicans wanted at least four first-rounders. Fine. Like, I would be totally up for giving up four picks as long as you didn't take everyone else. Like, leave us something. If you want four picks and two second-rounders, go for it. Here. Leave me Zoe, Kuz, or Ingram. Leave me one. You can't ask for the entire world and have us take something back, and then not even fucking counter. You guys are just a bunch of pussies. And then you guys leak this shit. Um, it's just strange. Um, also, if you guys think you're getting Jason Tatum back from Danny Ainge, who might lose Kyrie Irving to the Knicks in free agency, I just can't wait to laugh. Because realistically, what can the Celtics offer if they don't include... Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown, in my opinion, the Lakers have at least two assets better than Jalen Brown right now. Um, Marcus Smart, love Marcus Smart. I love what Marcus Smart brings to a team. But I think Lonzo is at least Marcus Smart right now or better in the future. That's, I don't think that's egregious to say. Um, Scary Terry, love Scary Terry as a bench player. But he's coming up on free agency, I believe. And are you guys going to pay him to stay? We'll see. Um, Yes, the Boston Celtics have a plethora of picks. But are they really as valuable as what NBA Twitter or the Greenheads in Boston want you to believe? Shout out to the Sacramento Kings. Thank you guys for being above 550 plus games into the regular season. If you guys were shit, this deal would be lopsided. If this was a top three pick, good God. Like, I don't even want to 
think about what would happen if the Kings were a top three pick right now because AD would be a Celtic. Like, there's no other... There's no other way around that. If the Sacro... Ooh, sorry about that. If the Sacramento Kings were as terrible as many, many people predicted to be, AD would be a Celtic come June. Because then the Celtics would have a top three pick. Then you can pair that with Jalen Brown. Instead of attaching a, what? I think the Kings are at number 13 or 14 right now on uh, Tankathon for picks and... Not as not as sexy, not as good as a top three pick. So thank you, Sacramento. Thank you, De'Aaron Fox. Thank you, Buddy Heald. Thank you, Marvin Bagley. Thank you, Willie Colley Sion. Thank you guys for making the jump this season. Also, shout out to the Clippers. Um Just I guess clipping. Um I believe your pick is top four, top fourteen protected. Um, yes, they'll get you guys' pick as well, but if you guys were asked, maybe the um, Pelicans want that because in two to three years from now, you'd be asked when that pick becomes unprotected. Um, so yeah, thank you for kind of like making this harder as well. Um, the Celtics are also climbing, I believe, so their pick won't be as valuable. I believe now they're the third seed in the East. So the farther away from the middle of the pack that pick is, the better. And then we, last but not least, the Memphis Stealth Tanking Grizzlies. Um, their pick this year is top eight protected, and next year it's top six protected. So the earliest the Grizzlies pick might be in play for whatever team this pick is traded to, it would be 2021. Um... Because I believe the Grizzlies were the fourth pick last year. They're doing a wonderful job tanking this year. They're currently at six. So unless something crazy happens, the pick won't parlay this year. Um, and then next year, it's top six protected. Who knows? Maybe they uh, tank as well. Laker fans remember tanking with protected picks because that's what we did after the Steve Nash trade. So again, this trade, these picks, these Celtic players... They aren't as valuable as you guys might want them to believe or to be. Like, I don't get it. I see X amount of people on Twitter hating on the Lakers, which go for it. That's your right. It's you can talk whatever, but just keep the same energy with others. Like, I don't get it. And if you want to say, well, the Lakers have 16, well, the Celtics have, I guess, 17. They only have one in 33 years, but they still have 17. So why is it you hate the Lakers, but you let the fucking Celtics roam? Is it because you're fooled by thinking Jason Tatum is the second coming of God? I don't know, but we'll see. And again, no other all-star in history, um, except for maybe Kareem has gotten this much in return. Um... But again, no all-star in the modern era has gotten that much in return. But again, it's Anthony Davis, and I get that you want to put him next to LeBron before LeBron declines, since LeBron is 34, 35. So like, I get wanting to put all of the chips into one basket for 
Anthony Davis, but still, we'd be giving up a lot. And that shouldn't be overstated. The Lakers were willing to give up on everyone for Anthony Davis. And all of the young players I love. Um, I love what Lonzo Ball brings. Um, I love what he is right now. I love his floor, and I love his ceiling. Um, I do think either he or Ingram will be the best player out of our young core. Especially if Lonzo is put into a system or a coaching staff that actually believes in who he is as a player. And yes, LeVar Ball talks a lot. But a lot of the shit he says is, I mean, correct. It might not be how you want to hear it. It might not be how it should be said. But a lot of the times when you kind of break down what he's saying... There's some truth to the madness in which he speaks. Is Lonzo utilized correctly in L.A.? No. The times he was utilized correctly in L.A. was when LeBron was out. And obviously you take LeBron 10 times out of 10, but there's still a system where you can have LeBron and still use Lonzo more correctly. Um, with LeVar also talking about how many ball handlers bring up the ball in L.A., that, there's some truth to that. Why is Ingram bringing the ball up? Why is Kuzma? It should be either LeBron or Alonzo when they're playing. And that's not trying to hate on Ingram because Ingram can play make, but I believe Ingram is best when he's at his spots. When he's attacking as a secondary uh, person. What that means is when someone drives on a pick and roll and they pass out to Ingram, he's got someone either A, closing out on him, or B, a mismatch. Then he can either get his or play make from there. And he is a lot more successful at that. So there are ways in which we can maximize the Lakers' young talent, which the Celtics do a good job of during the playoffs, is maximizing possessions from young players, making it easy for them, but also putting them in the right position to succeed. So again, there is some truth to what LeVar says. Do I like LeVar taking shots at Luke the amount that he did? No. Do I like Luke saying Kuzma's nothing without Lonzo or Ingram's nothing without Lonzo? I hate that. I don't like pitting players against each other, but when it comes to how they utilize Lonzo, or you can use that with any other young player as well, there is some truth to what he says. And... I do believe Lonzo or Ingram has a chance at least at one point in their career to be a all-NBA team member. Um, and then you look at what Lonzo can bring defensively. It's amazing. Then you mix it in with his uh, transition skills. You mix it into the improvements. Yes, I know the shooting percentage has only gone up a little bit, but... You look, once he got fully healthy, once he got fully acclimated, once he felt comfortable, the numbers got better. So yes, you can look at the entire picture, you can look at the sample size, whatever numbers you choose to pick at, go for it. I'm not going to hold you accountable for saying, well, Lonzo only shoots 42% from the free throw line, he's a bust, blah blah blah. Hey, whatever floats your boat, go for it. But there are reasons why we believe what we believe when it comes to Lonzo Ball. And I've seen a lot of Laker fans being opposed to the AD trade. Like, I get it. 
I get why you trade for AD, and I get why you don't. And maybe this podcast, this episode, either A, talks you off the ledge from hating Magic for trading for AD, or it talks you off the ledge of hating Magic for pulling the deal off the table. Which I think with either way, whichever way Palenka, Magic, Genie decide to go with this young core or trading it, I believe they're in a position to succeed because A, these young kids have talent, or B, what they're going to get in return is a top five NBA player. Ingram, who has taken huge strides in the past, what, month and a half? is showing what he can be. And shout out to Kevin O'Connor, who I believe is one of the only people in the basketball world that kind of gives Brendan Ingram love. You see a lot of people hate um, Brendan Ingram, and I do not know why. If you if he played in a different jersey, I think he'd be talked in a different light. I think it's with Ingram, it's the most. Um. Lonzo, I think people see the talent that he has. Um, when it comes to Ingram, I think it's he gets bashed on the most because he is a like I I actually do believe that. Um, again, like I said, when it comes to other people's opinions and it varies, cool. Think that way. I think this way towards Ingram. If he was in a different jersey, people would think of him in a different light. Yes, he's not shooting threes that much. He's only made twenty one on the year. It's 21 more than Ben Simmons. I don't... Ingram's been on a tear lately. Scoring-wise, efficiency-wise, assisting-wise. You can just tell what he brings to a basketball team. And you can tell that it's starting to finally click. He's not taking as many dumb, contested shots. He's getting to where he wants to shoot the ball a lot more. He's feeling more comfortable with that pump fake and then angling his body to A, draw a foul, or B, still make the shot over you. Um, I really want Ingram and Lonzo to stay together for the rest of their career. I think what they can become as a backcourt, defensively and even offensively, would terrorize the NBA in four to five, six years. And does LeBron have enough time for that? No. So that's why I understand why they're trying to trade for AD. And I understand why they're trying to trade for AD now because of timelines, but it just sucks. Because then you hear Lonzo and his camp, well, you don't hear Lonzo, you hear LeVar and his camp kind of praying that Lonzo goes to Phoenix, but Ingram would go to New Orleans, and they wouldn't be able to spend their entire career together as a backcourt. And yes, a lot of people connect the light skin connection with Zoe and Kuzma and how they're good friends and whatnot, I would rather see Zoe and Ingram stay together their entire career just because of what they can do defensively and offensively. Offensively, though, Zoe and Kuz and the pick and pop would be really good for the next 10 to 12 years as well. But I'm just more um, entertained with what they can do defensively since they're both have incredible, um, incredible wingspan. Both seem to play very good perimeter defense. Both can play the passing lanes. Both can rebound. Both can play make. So it's just it's crazy. Both like to run in transition. So it's just crazy with them. And then if you mix Kuzma in, if you kept all three of them together, it would just be fascinating. Um, 
the way Kuzma can score around the rim will always remind me of Antoine Jameson. Uh, Kuzma hasn't taken the leap that I wish he did this year from three. Uh, maybe that's injuries. Maybe that's overshooting from three, which is a total possibility. But when healthy this season, Kuzma has looked like he's ready to take that next step. Um, yes, he's a bit older than Zoe and Ingram, but he's still on a very good team-friendly contract. Uh, Kuzma was viewed from the NBA world as our best young prospect for the majority of the season. Kuzma on the right team can get you 20 to 25 each night as a number two, number three, number one option, whatever it happens to be. Um, he is going to need help defensively, but like if you put him on a team with Drew Holiday and if Lonzo actually went to New Orleans and Ingram's there, the need for Kuzma's defense doesn't really care. You just need Kuzma to light up the scoreboard, and guess what? That's what Kuzma is the best at. It's like those three players, like, it would hurt to see them go. Like, I didn't cry when D'Lo left, and I probably won't cry when these three leave, but I'll be depressed. If and when they leave. Um, again, ask me, do I want AD? Yes. Do I want to keep the kids? Yes. It's just interesting times where I won't, I want both options, and... I think a lot of us other Laker fans fall under that category as well. We are attached to this young core, but we also want to win now. And we're trying that. We're offering these three guys. We're offering Hart. We're offering first-rounders. Um, Hill's contract is scary because that kind of messes up our plan on signing another max player this summer. But it's for Anthony fucking Davis who is a top five player in the league. I've never seen a big do the things that he does outside of maybe Shaq and Orlando, but then AD can kind of expand on that by shooting from three, by just the way he handles the rock. He's putting up 29, 13, and four this season. And I didn't check blocks, but that's interesting that you can't win games. You can't make a Western Conference Finals with a guy that's putting up 29, 13, and four. That screamed Shaq in 2000 to 2003, 2004 with the Lakers. Put him next to Braun and whoo! I wouldn't be surprised if we made the Western Conference Finals this season. Because outside of Golden State, as long as we don't play Golden State until the Western Conference Finals, we can probably beat each team if we have AD Braun. But what happens after our entire team is wiped out and we're forced to play AD Braun... Um, Svi, Mo Wagner, no, Mo, or Mo Wagner. Um, who I don't even know who else would be here. Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley-Moore. What happens after that? Do we suffer for the rest for the half of the season? Even though I still think this team could make the Western Conference Finals with AD Braun, we'd be banking on buyout season. We'd have to. Hope DeAndre Jordan's bought out. We have the hope Trevor Reese's bought out. We have the hope other players are bought out so we can compete in the playoffs. Because if we get the players we need in buyout season or other trades, I do think this team can compete with any team outside of the Warriors. Even depleted, we might be able to compete with any team in the West outside of the Warriors. Because Braun by himself, basically, with Kevin Love last year, 
made it to the finals in the East. Maybe AD Braun can kind of carry the load and get this Laker team to the Western Conference Finals this season, even if with a depleted team. And I think we make this deal knowing that we're getting someone in the summer. Like, if LeBron and AD tell Magic, hey, so-and-so's coming, pull the fucking trigger, I think it happens. Like, I think it happens 100% if we know something's coming this, ha- coming this summer. Whether that's Jimmy, Kyrie, Middleton, or any one of those other players. I don't know if I said Kemba, but any other any other players. Like, I think it happens. Um, but again, right now, no idea what happens. Um, another scary thing is what happens to the Lakers if we do make this trade after LeBron leaves? Do we become the Pelicans? I have... I am 99% sure we do not become the Pelicans once LeBron leaves. If we have Anthony Davis healthy in the prime of his career at, what, 29? Because Anthony Davis only right now is 25, which is fucking wild. That a team can't build a winner around Anthony Davis, so they have to trade him. That is wild. Um, So I don't believe we become the Pelicans once LeBron retires. I believe... Whoever is in our front office, whoever our coach is, will put the right pieces around Anthony Davis to contend in the West for many, many, many years to come. Um, I think this is a legacy play for Anthony Davis. I think he realizes the centers, the bigs, the power forwards that we have in the Los Angeles Lakers history of big men. Um, You go Shaq, Kareem, Wilt, Powell. I mean, it's a pretty impressive thing. Hell, you want to throw Lamar Odom in there. You want to throw Andrew Bynum. You want to throw George Mikan in there? It's a it's a big Mount Rushmore of big men for legacy-wise. And I think Anthony Davis wants to be in the forefront of those. Um, next question is, do we stretch Solomon Hill's contract? Will we be able to trade it in the summer? Um, are the Suns going to be the third team that helps us trade for Anthony Davis? Do they take on Lonzo? Do they say no? Lavar was in Phoenix today, or not? No, was on the radio for the Phoenix today, talking that talk. I love Big Var. Um, talk your talk, man. Do whatever it is that you need to do as a family man. Keep getting more attention than the New Orleans Pelicans, and that's all I'll comment. I don't like to be one of those guys that tears down a father for making noise. If I had a pro athlete son, I might be talking a lot of shit too. So it is what it is. Um, Yeah. Now let's just end this podcast with kind of some rapid-fire questions that I got on Twitter. Um, Do we turn into the Cavs in heat? Or did we turn into the Cavs in heat? Um, This is a hard one to answer. Because I want to say we are more Miami Heat... Then we are Cleveland Cavaliers. But, I mean, that all kind of like depends on what we do with Luke and what we do with the young kids, right? Uh, the Cavs traded away the young kids or the young assets, fired their coach, and replaced them with Ty Lue. Uh, the Heat kind of kept 
the Heat kept their coach, kept their culture, kept Wade. Uh, they got Bosch assigned, and then they just got vets to kind of fill up the roster. They did keep Udonis Haslam as well, so I don't know. I don't think it's a bad thing to turn into the Miami Heat because they also won multiple championships. I think it, I think it's bad to become the Cleveland Cavaliers because they let everything consume them. Lost Kyrie as well, and who knows? They signed Kevin Love to this big ass contract, but who knows if he stays? Um, so hopefully we're more Heat than Cavs, but that all just depends on what happens this summer. This trade deadline and many moves to come after that. Does AD resign in 2020? And how about after that? Yes and yes. I think if we trade for Anthony Davis, he is here until he retires. Um, unless he wants to do like a one-year headed home for New Orleans in his last season. Um, I think we do whatever it takes once he's here to re-sign him, I think we do whatever it takes to build the right pieces around him. We did this for Kobe. We tried doing this for Kobe again. The league said no. Fuck you, Hornets. New Orleans Hornets. Um, we built the right team in 96 and 99. Um, so yes, I do believe once Anthony Davis is a Laker, we re-sign him. We get him to re-sign for as long as we want. And I think we flourish with Anthony Davis here. He is a one-of-a-kind big guy. He's basically Kevin Garnett in Minnesota right now. And he just needs another team to just take over, help him get to help him get to where he needs to get to, and just get out of New Orleans. Get out of that poverty stake in basketball franchise. Go flourish elsewhere. Um, do one of Lonzo, B.I., or Kuz become an all-star like D'Angelo did in his fourth year elsewhere? Um, I'll go step by step. Um, Lonzo, or actually, first step is, are they playing the West or are they playing in the East? In the West, probably not. And I don't think that's unfair to any of their skill sets. I just think that's how much more... Uh, competitive it is to make a all-star team in the West. There's more talent. There's more stars. There's more big names. There's better teams. Um, and I just think that's how it is. If the all-star committee decides to make to get rid of conferences and just take the 25, what, 24, 25 best players, maybe. Who knows? Um, how's the fan voting in that? How's the coaching voting in that? If they keep the conferences, though, I think... I think if the one of Zoe, B.I., or Kuz went to an Eastern Conference team, maybe. Especially if one of the All-Stars got an, got injured as well, so you need a replacement. Kind of like D'Angelo Russell. And I'm not shitting on D'Angelo Russell for making a All-Star team through a technicality. He's played amazing this year. He showed amazing leadership. He's shown the intangibles that needed to be there that he was lacking early in his L.A. career. And he's combined that with Incredible play on the basketball court. Good shooting, assist, scoring numbers. But he doesn't make that team without an injury. And I think Zoe, B.I. or Kuz in their fourth year kind of fall under that once they develop into that fourth year. Yes, I think they maybe could do that. Like, I'm not saying a full yes, and I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying no. Um, 
But yeah, it just it comes down to what conference, what conference they're in, and injuries. If they're in the West, no. In the East, maybe. Gut feeling. Do we get AD? Whoo! As of Tuesday at 2 p.m., no. Ask me again, and once another report comes out, I might say yes. Um, would love to have Anthony Davis and the long-lasting legacy of Laker greats, but you can't trade for people that won't trade with you. Um, and I think that needs to be talked about more instead of just shitting on the Lakers. Like, the Lakers put their best foot forward. They put their best offer forward and got told no. And that's okay. You can only do your best, right? And that's what it comes down to. The Lakers did their best to trade for AD. We were told no. Um, this has been your host for the day, Daniel Belts. Follow along at at Zotime Podcast on Twitter and other platforms. I will be doing a podcast right after the trade deadline just to kind of go over things. Um, it might not be right after since we do play the Celtics on that day. And yeah, anytime we play the Celtics, it's a big deal. So I'll probably be drinking during that. So maybe I'll do a podcast after the game if we win. And who knows? Hopefully we'll win that game. Kind of get this uh, run going to end the season. And until the next time we speak, go Lakers. Go Lakers.